0: I'm Demi Onafiko, a team member of Capital Adaptive Rowing Program in Washington, D.C. and this is Steady State Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to Steady State Podcast, your rowing fix where the water is always flat, the catches are clean, and you can always hear the coxswain. We're revealing a narrative about rowing culture that celebrates
2: the expansive array of rowers, coaches and coxswains in a podcast designed to save a
1: real life experience from launch to cox seat at every level. We're Rachel Friedman and Tara Morgan and this is Steady State Podcast, sit ready. Thanks to everyone who listened to
2: our last episode where we talked indoor rowing with Sarah Furman, the CEO of You Can Row Two. And longtime rower and new indoor rowing instructor Lisa Wise of Rower's Dream. Their insights about the accessibility and variability of the erg shine a light on a piece of equipment that gets underestimated. And as on-water rowers, we appreciated the fresh
1: perspective. If you missed it or any of our episodes, listen anytime at steadystatenetwork.com/podcast or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, would you leave us a brief review? When you do, it helps our podcast get noticed and reach more ears. We are really interested in backstories, the experiences on and off the water that make people the rowers, coaches, and coxswains they are today. Today
2: we're talking with Dami Onafuko, an audio producer, journalist, and rower. After losing his vision to cataracts in his 30s, Dami wanted to get involved with a specialized sport. By way of networking he was introduced to capital rowing club's adaptive program at the anacostia community boathouse in washington dc
1: now i might have an unfair advantage here because even though we've never met until today i've known of danny for a long time since 2010 i rowed, coached and coxed for dc strokes rowing club which functions out of the same boathouse as Capital Adaptive. And Dami is not hard to miss around the boathouse. At six foot five, this Nigerian man is a presence. Dami, thanks so much for being with us today.
0: My pleasure, you know, it's it's the same world that we are, so I think it's a beautiful one.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yes. So I will give you a little bit of scoop up front which is I have actually known about you for a little while now. I have been rowing, coaching, and coxing out of the Anacostia community boathouse for almost 20 years.
0: Wow.
1: So I, so, so, but despite that, you and I have crossed paths, but never met. And, but I have had the opportunity to see you at the Boathouse. You're pretty hard to miss. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's very tall, and Very tall, yes. Very which tall, which always stands out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have a little bit of an unfair advantage because I have known of you for quite a while. And um, when Tara and I were talking about people that we'd like to talk to for the podcast, I thought about you.
2: Yeah, she had your name right up front. She thought you'd be fun to talk to and and hear all about your rowing story. Um, So usually at the beginning of the podcast, we don't know what's going on for you and rowing. So how is your rowing week or your rowing world right now?
0: Uh, First, I must say to honor to be here with you guys, and um, I say thanks for. But thinking of me first <laughs> to sure. be here, to be speaking with you guys at the moment. Um, my roaming world at the moment, I would say I am yet to get back on the water or even get back on the erg since the spring started because I'm having difficulty filling out the... I think before I can on, on, register on a high crew, I was told that you have to uh show your affiliation, but you know it's like every year did i mean they always changing something in the web and oh. it's, it's appropriate anyway, but to, to every time they change one thing, it just throw my software off, and at the moment it's asking me to put in my my club affiliation, but whenever yeah. I click it, nothing is happening, and I haven't had anyone to help me with it yet so uh-huh. much reason why at the moment i am not on the water they told me oh if you can't get oh. it done, then you cannot come in so i'm like okay until that is resolved then i'll join you guys so that's why uh-huh. i'm not on the water at this point Oh, well. so
1: is this is this a problem with are you talking about through u.s rowing yeah oh uh-huh. and there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Really. Like when we're done with this call, with this meeting today, let's we'll see take we care can have, of it. We'll take care of
0: it. <laughs> we'll take care, it. care of it. I <laughs> okay. oh, very much appreciate that. All
2: right. We'll we'll help you out on this one because yeah. we've got some insiders at US.
0: <laughs> okay. Really cool. Very much All right. We'll
2: have that. them call you and and then they can
1: just walk you through it. And I will say I'm glad to hear that you're looking to get back on the water. Um, you're you trying. Know, we're trying. <laughs> Uh, I know that the last year has been so strange for everyone. Tara and I haven't been on the water in more than a year and so we're waiting for our clubs to get back on the water in big boats uh, and we have talked to a lot of people who haven't been on the water the last year but have have found other ways to stay involved. So I guess we're wondering, have you managed to do that in the last year? What opportunities have you had? Have there been opportunities through Capital Adaptive?
0: Yeah, uh, last fall, I was able to get with my team and then, but I wasn't able to make it on the water. You know, they said uh, those who can go on the water, the regulation is that you must be from the same households. And you know, I'm too tall, and in my house, I'm the only one who was growing, and so it's <laughs> always that there's always that um, difficulty of finding yeah. someone who match who matches me in the first place. And yeah. now that we are not living in the same house, I had to be on the erg on land, you know. So we did that um probably October or so till November. I know I stopped in November, you know, we often stop before the the Thanksgiving at that point and was like, okay, I will uh, join the team back in January, you know, and just going back, you know, we were on the erg, uh, we were far apart from each other and everyone was with their masks. It was pretty cool just getting back, because, you know, last year, let's say in March, the lockdown was was issued like march 15 or 12 yep. on that on the day it was issued i had an interview with axios that is the organization cuz like you guys i produce podcasts as well but mm-hmm. i am the man behind the scene so mm-hmm. I mix, I write the script and all just to put everything all together. I'm a multimedia journalist, but I have more heavy in audio journalism. I know I had the interview and it was shut down on that oh, day. Yeah. I mean, the lockdown yeah. was instituted that day. And I remember I was waiting for, for my work authorization because I'm an immigrant from DHS.
2: It sounds like it was way back at the beginning of the year. And then you stepped in for a month or so. Before it just all kind of ended again.
0: Yeah. The third month, then getting back in like the ninth month. That is (laughs) a six month difference. Even though some people have told me, okay, you can come row like Sally O'Connell. And she told me that I can come out with her. Mm -hmm. However, I was trying to get the the intercom and she would be giving me the direction from her boat.
1: Oh, so you'd be in a
2: single. In a single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they have that. um, I saw that you rowed at um, at that Bayada regatta in Philadelphia. And they have that for the
0: singles. They have the guide rowers with the... Yeah. With Uh, the... uh, the audio mm-hmm. for me, that is the highest height of my rowing career or sport in itself. It's mm-hmm. it's been the highest height so far.
1: You've got to see his wingspan, six five. I'm and sure. I'm sure. Watching watching Dammy on the water is it's like amazing. Watching a heron, Just you know, yes. like a giant yes. heron. The the stroke <laughs> length is so long at the catch, you know, the video that I've seen and just like the live opportunities I've had to see you on the water with your partners. Nobody's really rowing as long as you are. <laughs> They're all trying. Yeah. It's impressive. <laughs> it is impressive. So, um, well, I'm glad to hear that you we were able to stay engaged in some way last year and you're looking to get back on the water this year. I know that um, Capital uh which is like the umbrella organization for capital adaptive who you row with they have some real steps that they're putting in place to get all of the programs back on the water this year so we're a little bit curious actually a lot curious about your rowing origin story because we know you didn't grow up
0: rowing you know i got involved in rowing in 2014 Prior to my rowing, I used to go to the YMCA that is on 17th Street. I would go with some some groups, uh, blind and visually impaired folks. And uh, the the group then was called Project Venture, Mm -hmm. which is being uh, run by this lady called Shirley, Miss Shirley. I would go there every Saturday. On one Saturday like that, one of the volunteers, there is this rowing, para rowing team. They said that if you're good enough, if if you you row with them long enough, there is a possibility for you to go to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And she told them that she has someone who will be perfect for the team, right? I was like, "Uh, okay. So right in the gym there, she called. They said I can come on Monday. Monday came. I didn't call until probably when I got to the metro station because when we spoke at the gym, they told me where I would need to get off. She'd already said she would come pick me up. So I called informing her that I I was there. I think I was even new to that metro station at Mm -hmm. that point. And then she showed up and she wheeled me down to the to the boat house and say i will give kudos to most of my coaches then because it was six weeks before or also mm-hmm. that yeah. i had started rowing they will wheel me from the metro station to the boat house prior to the time i was looking for an outlet through which i can just harness my energy Mm. And my strength, sort of, or my interests in, in, in a way, because I felt like gym is just going to the gym. It doesn't contribute to anything. I mean, it does help or contribute to something, but I was looking for an outlet, more like a sport, where I could channel all that I have. I was thinking boxing. I won't lie to you. They mm. would say, damn it, you're blind. I'm like... I want to be the blind boxer where mm-hmm. I will use my ear mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. listen more for whatever is coming. But it was around that time that rowing came my way. When I showed up at the boat house the first day, get on the ERG, they showed me how it works, and in the beginning, I was just using my arms, thinking it's the arm thing, and they're always like, no, damn it, it's not the. you don't use much of your arms. Hmm. But with time, I learned that it's not so much about my arms, but more of my legs, which I am still adjusting. It's like you just keep adjusting all through the year. You keep tweaking and tweaking and tweaking until, who knows, until you're no longer rolling, because you always have something to tweak. So that was how I got into rowing. And six months after I was a Beatter and you won. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Excellent. I energy. I I put everything into rowing. Yeah. I I yeah. love the back and forth. I love the water. The water is even better than being on the erg. You know, the way the boat would go a little bit back. More forward, I don't know. I can't wait to get back on the water. I just want that feeling back because mm. once I'm there, me and water have this connection that once we hit each other, it's like there is that spark. Uh, that I'll forget everything and I would just oh, commune, but with me using my hours, you know. <laughs>
1: So does that connection to water go farther back than rowing? maybe when you' were growing up?
0: Yeah, I, I think the the movement of the boat on the water, I think I connect to, I connected to being on the jolly, where you sit and someone would be pushing you, I don't know what they call it here that would go back and forth that swing, yeah, the swing that was swing oh, swings.
2: And forth. yeah, at the at like a playground
0: yeah i yeah. think that is what i connected with that is the only thing i could remember because whenever huh. i'm on the water it brings that feeling back for me and yeah it's that feeling and you know um, what that is a really beautiful connection i've never
1: made before but i, I think wonder you're if that's absolutely right when that's you get really on, weird yeah when you get on a swing that back and forth the wind passing by you and then coming mm-hmm. back the other direction
2: Yep, yeah. 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 And that's very, um, and for a lot of people, I think that's a very pleasant memory. Yes. It's a very uh, soothing memory, but that's a, that's interesting. I think yeah. there is something sort of visceral about rowing and how it appeals to people and the motion and the movement and yeah. the pressure and the sound of it. Um, really. And of course, being a, a visually challenged rower, you're so much more aware of all those other aspects uh, rather than you know seeing what's in front of you or navigating or steering like you're just like feeling the boat and hearing the water have you ever heard someone describe um bubbles under the boat
0: hearing bubbles have you ever heard that yeah when they they uh they are when you dip it into the water right right yeah i will hear it because yeah. i had to listen to that you know, I. I listen to that. I listen to the breeze and everything. I don't know. It's 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 always cool when you're there. It is pure. It is pure for me. That water, the water, the breeze, yeah. everything sort of just washes over you. I think for me, there is nothing beautiful as 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 uh, as it. It's. It's calming and as much as it is calming and it it's refreshing too. People will say, oh, Demi, you ought to be tired. For <sighs> me, when I'm there number one, it's like I want to forget everything. It's like play for me. Yeah. every time I come there, I, I've been reading probably all day or mm-hmm. in school. Because you know, I'm I'm either coming from school or coming from instruct at the Martin Luther King Library in DC. And as a result, when I get on the water, I just want to like put everything aside. So for me, is it time to play? And they say I play too much, I don't know. <laughs> ah,
1: I, I love that actually, because I think you're right. A lot of us at the end of the day, for those of us who row in the evening, it is wrapping up the day. We're trying to kind of forget about everything that we have worried about the day. You get on the water, hopefully within a couple of minutes, right? You're warmed up, you're just thinking about rowing, you're not thinking about that thing that you had to do, that thing that's due tomorrow. But I do love the notion of thinking about rowing as play. And this is something Tara and I have talked about a lot where the word fun doesn't come up a whole lot in masters rowing. And so for you to just go into it saying, listen, this is my time to play. Here. I think that's a wonderful sentiment and more of us should think that way about rowing. Heck yeah.
2: yes. <laughs> when you see that light bulb go off for people when they've put their blade in the water and they feel the boat run and they feel the boat move and they go, oh, I get it. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. This is amazing. This is great. And, and I think everybody needs to come back to that moment. The reason I asked you about the bubbles was because I have a teammate who um, that's her cue is when she's rowing in a double, she'll say, listen for the bubbles, listen for the bubbles, because then she knows she's doing it right. Um, And she loves that feeling. And like, um, you know, uh, people who are not visually impaired, we often will do eyes closed rowing, as a drill, we mm-hmm. will uh, row with our eyes closed. When I row, I love to match the sound of the oarlocks. The chunk, 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 Yeah. You know that
1: sound? Okay. The chunk, chunk.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I love the sound of rowing. Um, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Can I butt in there for one second since yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about yeah. the sound of rowing? So there was a season I was rowing, and I had been rowing already for... It had to have been a good 13, 14, maybe even 15 years of rowing. And then this one season in the spring, for some reason, I decided I really needed a yank at the finish on my handle. Like I just really was like, I was really trying to prove something to somebody by yanking at the finish. And so what happens, that oar clanks around in the oar lock and my coach got sick of it. And he was like, Rachel, I do not want to hear your oar in the orlock. lock. What you should hear is a gentle clink, clink, like Tarot was just saying of the a-junk, feather. But you should a-junk. not hear a big like, bang, bang, like <laughs> of the whole oar shaking that orlock. lock. So that's a really good cue as well. You know, to- I,
2: I loved coaching people and I would say quiet orlock. Yes. So quiet quiet you know no need to be like you know my favorite sound I think is just the the sound of the I like the sound of the finish when it's coming
1: through and then it pops out and goes yeah yeah <laughs> so, and those I want to talk about those bubbles for another second because I think so Dammy, um Tara and I I think we're talking about there's a certain sound on the recovery where this the water moving past the boat creates water bubbles. Underneath, underneath The water, the yeah, underneath the boat creates the little bubbles. And when you hear those bubbles, which admittedly, I don't think we all hear all the time, but when you hear that, you've got a good long, stable recovery, mm. then you know that things are going well. So this spring, when you're out on the water, besides that catch bubble you're talking about on the recovery. Listen for the bubbles along the hull. Yeah, along yeah, the yeah. hull, those are those, those are pretty glorious. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Steady State Network and on Twitter at Steady State Row. Sign up for our e-newsletter and become a patron at SteadyStateNetwork.com.
2: When you join the Steady State Patreon community as a subscriber. You're supporting the new narrative in rowing, and a couple of your fellow entrepreneurs making it happen. Patrons get bonus content, swag, and early access. Join today! www.steadystatenetwork.com and on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Steady State Network. In two, we're back with Demi Onafogo. That's one, two. Which, do you have a favorite sound of, of rowing?
0: Mm. It should just be the sound of the water. And I'm trying to remember which part of that sound. I know it's not there. Because sometimes I just, I'll feather. and just want to hear that bloom, 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 bloom. <laughs> the sound of the of the all going in the water. Yeah. It just go bloom, 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 bloom. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that one, because I play with it from time to time. The feather is as though I'm slapping the oar on the water.
2: <laughs> yes. Okay. So yeah, you're sitting
0: with that from time to time just to, I mean, when we are waiting for the coach uh, to come by, because sometimes they say, oh, you've gone too far. Just wait there. Yeah. So while me and my, my bowel partner is waiting, sometimes I'll just, oh, the R uh, and just-
1: Slap it on the water. <laughs> oh, I love doing that. <laughs> we like to do, I've seen so many crews do this too. I think we all like that slap. I don't know why, but we'll do, let's say we're out in an eight, a four or an eight, and the coxswain says, in two, let it run, uh, hands away, right? So you, one, two, let it run. All blades are feathered off the water. And you set the boat, set the boat, set the boat. You're waiting for the coxswain to say, and down. And when the coxswain says, and down, slap. It's like such a good feeling.
0: I don't know why. It really is. It's such a good feeling. and <laughs> When you say letting it run, the sound of the water when the boat is running too. I love, I love yeah. to hear that. It's yeah. like that water is just rushing past all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Like when, when, you, when they say let it run, I, I just like to hear the, the the sound of the water when it's yeah. all running that way.
1: Yeah, and you don't have to listen to anything else right then. I love it. What's it like for you when you have
2: done racing and you're in lanes next to other boats? Is mm-hmm. that is that fun or is that distracting or is that, does that get you excited to have the sound of other people, you know, grunting and, uh, you know, like
0: (laughs) (laughs) moving their boats? more excitement for me, you know, because at that point, it's like I'm trying to put in everything that I can on my side as well, because it shows me that this person is so close Mm -hmm. and, is either I leave the person behind or the person leaves me behind. So once I start hearing the grunting, I am doing more up on my side, Yeah, you know? And it's always cool to hear the sound of people sometimes because when you don't hear anything, at, at that point I start asking my bowel partner, where are we? Are we behind in the middle or we're close? Because in my case, since I can't see, All I'm trying to do is just racing to call it oblivion. I'm just racing at that point. Like, I don't know where uh, how close I am, Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to push the best way that I can to see that I am am ahead in every form that I can. I'll tell you this, whenever I lose, it's always a pain. I I don't know, the pain of defeat often just when it gets to me, it takes me a while before it leaves me. And this happens even when I play chess. I realize that I don't take defeat that lightly. I don't mm-hmm. know how to just take it and not feel bad about the situation. For the bowling yeah, it takes take me like 10 to 15 minutes because my coach is like, damn it. It's okay, it's okay. But you find me, even at that, I will still be sitting down like, okay, what did I do wrong? What could I have done to have beat this or person? So I'm trying to, in my head, find a solution to what had happened so that next time it doesn't repeat itself. I mean, everyone will love the, the taste of victory.
1: Yeah, we, I think we've all felt that way. You put in all this effort and all the training leading up to a race and you feel like you're ready to go. Your competition is an unknown quantity. You don't know how fast they are. You don't know what sort of training they've done. And we've all felt that way. You finish a race and maybe it didn't go the way you wanted it to. And you have to deal with it and say, "What am I going to do next? What sort of training can I manage to propel me that extra, you know, half second faster, whatever it is?" I want to shift gears a, a little bit, if you don't, if you don't mind, Dammy. I read the piece you wrote recently for the Christian Science Monitor about losing your vision and finding ways to put your resolve into action. I thought it was a really great piece. Yeah. And you you mentioned in that article the notion of counting steps, uh, which is a pretty common practice for people with uh, vision uh, deficiencies but that that didn't really work for you. So yeah. you started conjuring these mental maps of places. Right.
2: I, I'm wondering you know there was a couple of things that we read about first was the was the idea of counting steps which may or may not work mm-hmm. for everyone and the second idea was using a cane and the i've seen video of you using one but then you were like no i i don't really want to use one um but as you navigate these boathouses like you you kind of know like where where things are at and and uh, are you using a cane when you get around now
0: yeah when when i'm in the boathouse i use the cane to move around very efficient using the cane yeah and as well because you know uh, sometimes the boats are out on the on the sling, and I'm just coming. So once my cane touches it, I'll just feel, use my cane to feel for the body to know exactly uh, where I am in the length of the boat, so I will know where to walk. If I'm in the middle, then I could either move to the right or the left. Mm-hmm. But once I'm I'm either feeling the bow. Once I, I could feel the ball at the top, I would know, okay, I'm close to to the end of the boat. So I would have to walk in that direction. Even on the dock, I use my cane everywhere there because I cannot now use my cane. I, I
2: remember I, I worked with some, some blind
0: rowers in
2: Oklahoma one time. And what we did was we, uh, all of the coaches um we took one person and we basically gave them an orientation of the boathouse. Like we walked them around and we identified where doors were, where the bathroom was, where the ergs were, how big the space was. And and they all sort of had their their ways of, as you said, mastering the space. You know, they had their ways of learning the space. Did anyone ever walk you around Anacostia before uh, or when you yeah. first got there? Did they walk you around and show you all this?
0: Yeah, they showed me the layout then. For me, it's as if I'm seeing everything still, even though I can't see. It's as if I'm seeing everything within my field of vision in my head. Mm -hmm. The first time I was shown, it was sort of blurry, but with time, it gets clearer and clearer. And now it is more part of me. Mm -hmm. Whenever I'm not using my cane, you will find me sort of stretching my hand forward. So I'll have to cross my hands. And then move around,
2: but but he has he has a six foot five wingspan, so he yeah. can basically like <laughs> feel
1: you know anybody. out there. <laughs> so listen, I'm actually wondering when you get the opportunity to get back on the water this season, knowing that this year's a little bit strange. Everybody's trying to figure out what's going on and how we can salvage the spring season and hopefully build a good fall season. What are you hoping for rowing in
0: 2021? Uh, rowing in 2021. I'm hoping that Beata comes back. I don't mm-hmm. know how it's going to be. At the moment, I don't get to travel that much. Mm-hmm. So I'm still penetrating my industry, which is the the journalism world. I, I don't have a permanent position yet. So for me, Beata is up to more of my getaway. Did you know that Steady State is more than a
1: podcast? We've got virtual events happening every week that bring together the rowing community from across the country and around the world. Because we miss morning practices and
2: really miss post-practice coffee with teammates, you're invited to join us for a 30-minute coffee chat every Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on Facebook Live and Instagram Live. Grab your favorite mug and join the conversation.
1: And join us for Steady State Sundays, every Sunday at 645 Pacific, 945 Eastern. During these 60-minute Steady State Urb workouts, we chat and provide cues to keep you motivated. Arrive warmed up, work at your own pace, and stick around after to talk. We're also excited to be a media partner for the one-of-a-kind Para Rowing Global
2: Meetup Series hosted by Seize the Oar Foundation. These free sessions are open to all Para Rowing coaches, athletes, admins, and fans to talk, connect, and strategize for para rowing success in 2021 and beyond. Register for the next meetup today. To find out more about any of our events and claim your spot in our lineup, visit studystatenetwork.com slash events. In two, we're back with Dami Onafago. That's one,
0: two. They know me at the at the house. I want to do something when we finish rowing, if they say there's someone, some people have carried the boat. I don't care if I didn't go on the water rowing. I don't care about that. If I didn't go on the water rowing, I'm ready to carry whatever hours that I found on the dock mm-hmm. up to to where they need to be. That is me. It's It's a joint effort and rowing. There is something about rowing. It's instilled in you a sense of community it's a family sport. Mm-hmm. You can't do it alone. It's not a sport that one person does and be like, "Oh, I'm I'm this and that." If you watched the the beautiful thing movie or documentary, I should have said somewhere that there is no MVP in rowing. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you can't say I'm the MVP. No, everyone contributes. If you're in a boat with somebody, if you are not doing your best, then whatever you're doing is affecting the other person that is in the boat with you as well. Mm -hmm. So together, we uh, rowers help ourselves to reach a, uh, a higher level, to become better as rowers and a life, that translates into different areas. You you become a good team player, knowing that if you don't do well, it will affect your next person. You mm-hmm. know, and if the other person don't do well, it affects you. So yeah, rowing does that, and I I like that that much about it. It's while I was in school, I barely see. My family, as much as I see my rowing team member, you know. So that alone, I mean, you guys tend to bond. You st- you're seeing each other three times a week.
1: Mm-hmm. More
0: than maybe you're seeing some people in your family. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you, you create another family out of your nuclear family.
2: Yeah, I, I found that when, uh, when I was rowing a lot and I was also coaching, I was at the boathouse, you know, six days a week. And then traveling with my team and rowing and going to coffee with my teammates or going out you know with my teammates yeah. or talking about rowing. And Rachel and I, part of the reason that we started the steady state podcast and this network that we started it is because all of our nuclear family and our spouses and our friends who don't row, who are not rowers, don't want to hear about rowing anymore. <laughs> And so we were, (laughs) they were tired of us talking about rowing all the time. And so Rachel and I met online. We've never seen each other in person. And so we met, yeah, we met online and we like, because we like to talk about rowing all the time, all the time, (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I love what you said, you know, about the rowing family. Um, one of my favorite coaches told me one time I used to be very, um, energetic, let's say, and uh, young, let's say, and maybe a little <laughs> annoying. Um, <laughs> and, at, and my club that I rode with, and she came to me and she said, and this was a general comment to everyone, but I think she was kind of looking at me and she said, uh, everybody has a wake. Everybody leaves a wake behind them. And if you're just aware of the fact that you leave a wake, you can't just like say something or do something and walk away and not understand that it has an effect on people. It's one of my favorite pieces of coaching mm. advice mm. was know your wake. Turn around and feel the energy of the people that you just left behind or feel the energy of the people around you. You don't even have to look at them. You don't even have to have sight to understand when when the energy of a room drops or the energy of a room awakens, you know, and and comes to life, because maybe something that you participated in or something that you did. And I think that's what rowing teaches us is how, how connected we are, uh, both by obligation and responsibility to make a boat go fast, but also just spiritually and um just in, in a human connectedness and that's uh, that's my poet poetic moment for today that's probably it for today but but i love i love that piece of advice you know
1: know your wake um yeah. as, and as, as it a, yeah and it plays out not just on the water, but like Dammy was saying, it's the rest of what you do mm-hmm. as a rower, as a teammate, as someone at the boathouse. If you want to be effective and helpful, it's not just about moving that boat. And so Dammy, the things that you're saying about being helpful around the boathouse, because yes. you, want, you want to be a helpful human being, Yes, that's the sort of rower I want on my team. Someone exactly. who says, I know that there are things that I can do, not just for me to help, but also to help my crew and the boathouse community. I I, I love those sentiments. I'm on board. You can be on my team anytime. You can be on my team anytime, yeah. Yeah. We'll
0: work together sometime soon. (laughs) Yes,
2: for sure. Um, Okay, so we have some fun questions to ask. And these are just rapid fire questions or just quick answers. I'll go first. You ready? Mm -hmm. Single or double? Would you rather row a single or a double?
0: Ah, uh, single. I still want to do single. Like I said earlier, it, it's been the highest point of my rowing. All
1: right. Uh, next question. Uh, this is going to be a two-parter. Have you had the opportunity to row bow seat or
0: bow. do you always row stroke seat? Um, I've rowed bow in the four.
2: Okay. okay. Oh. I row
0: bow in the four in twenty sixteen at um Boston when I went for the development camp.
1: Okay. So here's our here's our main question for you. Your choice, bow seat or stroke seat.
0: Because of my wingspan, do you wanna put me in a stroke seat? I'm I'm a sprinter, so put me in the put me in the stroke and Okay. will but have fun in the book.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, that's perfect because our next question is, do you like sprint races or head races?
0: I like the 1000 more and the head races, I would say I like it too. What that is teaching me is pace yourself. For me, I just tend to like, they keep telling me, "Oh, steady state, steady state." But once I'm going fast, they they will they will ask me, "You still have to be steady state?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going fast at a steady state." That is one my-
1: <laughs> this is my fast steady state. I like exactly.
2: it. <laughs> this is my this is my paddle. By yeah.
1: the way, this is this is paddling. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a favorite place to row of the places you've been?
0: Ah. Uh, I think I love busting. No, I love Anacastia, no doubt. I love Anacastia the most at this point. For some reason, the Uch River mm. in Chattanooga, whenever I think of it, it's like it still speaks to me. It was cool on that day.
1: Oh yeah.
0: I think mm. there are trees around the river. I can't see, but I I, I could just feel the, the breathing of the three of the trees. Cause it was sort of cool while I was on the river. So Yeah. Whenever I remember Ed of the Hooch, it's it's that cool feeling that comes to mind.
1: You know, I have a real um, association that's very similar like that. I got the chance to row in Tennessee a bunch of years ago and the water was cool and you could feel that. Cool air coming up off the water and enveloping you. And I think the same
2: is true on the Charles River when you're in Boston, um, where you, f- you can feel that there's tree uh, activity and, and uh, it's a lot cooler and it's very pretty. Yeah. Okay. We have one more question. Coffee
1: before or after
0: a row? give me the coffee before i get on the water but my coach don't let me drink the coffee but if i have the chance i will <laughs> drink coffee before wait on that is what i'll say but
2: okay but and i actually have a follow-up question have you ever have you
0: gone back to nigeria have you ever rode in nigeria I haven't been back since the December of 2009 that I've been in the States. I'm going to go back next year. Pray that I get a permanent position because the goal is I need to work for a year and save some money. Then I can travel. For sure. Cool. Okay.
2: So So we're going to call our friends at U.S. Rowing and have them give you a call. Uh, and then we can get that taken care of for you because we need to get you back on the water. It's been really great to meet you. It's been just wonderful. I would love to row with you someday. Yeah.
0: Look forward to that as well, and I look forward to to oh. meeting you guys sometime soon.
1: Uh, Dammy, I'll definitely be in touch with you. I'm hoping to get back on the water in June or July, either with DC Strokes or Capital Rowing Club, so maybe we'll make it a point of trying to catch up at the boathouse. house. Yeah. That'd you guys crazy. could go out in a double or something. That'd be so fun. I, I'm laughing hard because you know oh, what, Dammy,
2: I'm only, skull.
1: I well, I don't really skull and I'm only five, two. So that would be hilarious. <laughs> he is literally okay. Maybe, maybe you could go out in a quad
2: and you could just then, uh, she could be in the bow. I'll be, you know? yeah, I'll be the little one, he'll be bow. the tiny one in the back. Yeah. And and, uh, and I'm, we'll I'm, it's it. we'll it okay.
1: So, anyway. Well, we've had you for more than an hour, Dammy. So thank you so much for giving us some of your day. We really appreciate it. We're glad you could make it. And yeah. uh, we're going to be talking to you really soon
2: yeah thank you so much dami have a great day
0: uh, you guys too my pleasure right Bye. Bye.
2: to see photos of Dammy, along with links to the people clubs and events mentioned in this
1: episode check out the show notes on our website in two let it run that's one two let it run you